Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Welcome to church. My name is Josiah. I'm the lead pastor of Freedom House Church, and it's so good to see you this morning. We are one church that meets in three locations in Fullerton, Costa Mesa, and live online. Would you give God a hand clap? What's up, Costa Mesa? We're live right now, also with our online campus, people watching all over the world, and we're so good to have you this Sunday morning in the house of God. And you know, today is a very special Sunday. We're going to kick off our 21 days of fasting and prayer. If you're joining us for the first time, you came to the right service. Okay, come on. You're like, what's fasting? I ate fast. I drove here fast. It's a little different than that. We're going to talk about sacrificing to God a physical food for a spiritual purpose. Then we're going to pray for people and anoint those with oil that want to be prayed for. So there is, listen, there is no, no pressure to, I know coronavirus and, you know, maybe if you live with someone that has an underlying health condition and, and you're, you're playing it safe in the sense of just staying six feet apart. Um, it's, it's totally cool. If you're watching online, I want you to grab some oil. It could be Crisco. It don't matter. Okay, just grab it. And I'm going to have you anoint your family with oil as you're watching online. But we're going to pray for people at the end for those who feel comfortable. And uh, we're going to anoint you with oil. And um, if you want me to spray you, I'll spray you. If you want me to smack it on your head, I'll do that too. Come on. We'll draw me to drip it from the top to the bottom of your head. We are prepared. Amen. Okay. So uh, just pray for us because I believe now more than ever. What does the oil represent? The oil represents the Holy Spirit. It represents a setting apart. And I don't know about you, but after 2020, how many know we need the oil in the hand of God for every year? Okay. Yes, we do. Okay. We're going to believe God that everything we do here is biblical. Not, this is not a political statement. This is biblical. The Bible says in Psalms 23, 5, it says, You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Psalm 65, 11 says, You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths, they drip with abundance. We want them to drip with God's presence. Amen. But if you would do me a favor, would you grab your Bibles and go with me to Nehemiah chapter 2. We've been in a series today, this year, talking about rebuilding, restoring, and reviving. Someone say rebuild. Someone say restore. Someone say revive. And uh, when you walked in, they handed you the devotional uh, that I've wrote, and I'll talk more about that at the end of the message. But we're going to go through this 21 days together. And uh, the devotional is an interactive devotional. So what I do is, is I pick a book of the Bible that I want you to read because I, I add things in there that are, are, you know, my exegeting of the scriptures, my breakdown. But the truth is I want you reading your Bible. And so you're going to get into your word on a process called SOAP. Light soap, S O A P, but it's scripture, observation, application, and your prayer. And it's como te vas a lavar todo cada día en tu espíritu. Come on, soap. You're just going to soap yourself. Come on, in God's word, say amen. And so uh, it's an interactive devotional that is yours. We're giving away for free. If you're watching online, they're going to put a link right now. You can grab the PDF version. We had people all the way from South Africa asking us if they can get a PDF version. We got you covered. Come on, somebody. Texas, we got you covered. So it's going to be something's going to be a lot of fun. But Nehemiah chapter 2. We're going through the book of Nehemiah as a church, and we're talking about rebuilding. How many know some things need to be rebuilt? Come on, somebody, in our society. Nehemiah 2, 1 through 5, here's how the scripture reads. It reads like this. It says, in the month of Nisan, not the car, by the way, Ultima. I'll talk about it later. But in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, who was the son of King Xerxes, says, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and I gave it to the king. He said, I had not been sad in his presence before. You see, 
uh, Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king. In essence, he would taste whatever the king drank before he ate or, t- or, or drank it in case someone was trying to assassinate him. So Nehemiah was a very trusted advisor. But this day he was sad. And in verse 2, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you were not ill? In other words, he's like, you're not sick. Why are you sad? It was actually a very dangerous thing to be sad in the presence of a king because they, they could just off with your head, you know? It was like, if you were in the presence of a Persian king, you ought to be happy just to be there. But he says, why are you so sad even though you're not sick? So at this point, Nehemiah is a little afraid, and this is what he says. He says, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when my city, where my ancestors are buried, lies in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire? Here's what Nehemiah is revealing. He says, yeah, I have a heavy heart when I look around what's going on in the world. I have a heavy heart when I hear about division and I hear about, you know, people attacking each other. I hear about hate. Yeah, my heart is heavy when I see that there is people that have, have resorted back and their walls have been burnt down and their, their prayer life has been burnt down and, and their relationship with God has been burnt down and their convictions have been burnt down. He says, yeah, I'm sad when I see things begin to shut down and the things are burnt down. It's kind of like today. Yeah, your heart should be heavy when you see the state of a lot of uh, Christianity. We say, man, we need revival. And yeah, I may look a little heavy, but I want to see something happen. Say amen. Verse 4, then the king said to me, now this was bold of Nehemiah to do because he was putting his life in danger. Because the king could have been like, what? But here's Nehemiah says, there's something that needs to be fixed. Verse 4, the king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to God of heaven. It's one of those like prayers, you know, when someone asks you, like, Father in heaven, help me right now. What I want is, you know, he's just like real quick, like, Lord Jesus, be with you. What I want, so it's one of those quick prayers, the most powerful prayers, by the way. He says, then I prayed to God of heaven in verse 5, and I answered the king. Watch this now. He says, if it pleases the king and your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it so that I can rebuild it. Anoint me, king, send me, king, because I'm ready to rebuild. The title of my message today is exactly that, ready to rebuild. And I know you logged in online today. I know you came to church today with a spirit of expectancy, not just to get anointed with oil, but to begin to fast and pray because I believe that Freedom House, there are thousands of people that are ready to rebuild. Anybody ready to rebuild, say amen. I wanna pray this morning. Father, we thank you today. And Lord, I just, I'm asking you, Lord, that in this critical time of history, in this critical time in our world, that we as believers would hear your voice. And we would not be swayed by any viewpoints or anything other than what your word says. God, so much needs your hand and your, your healing touch. So much is going on in our world, Father. I know there's so many opinions, so many dividing opinions, but at the end of the day, as believers, we are obedient to God. We're obedient to your scriptures. We put our hope not in any man or any political party. We put our hope in Jesus. We are not people who are frail and swayed by media, by any big tech company. We serve a big God. And you are in control. You are still on the throne. And I came here to rebuild what has been broken. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, Costa Mesa. Come on online. Come on, Bullet. Somebody shout amen. 
You may be seated and just tell someone that's next to you that you came with, say, I'm ready to rebuild, restore, and revive. Tell them, say, I'm ready to rebuild, I'm ready to restore, and I'm ready to revive. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much. You know, I'm a little fired up. I really am because I think now more than ever, we need Jesus. Not that there's not a time we don't need him, but now more than ever, he needs to come into focus. And I want to talk today really from this, this thought of ready to rebuild. I want to prepare your heart. Now, I'm going to tell you already where I'm going with this. My intention today is to get you and to get us as a church to begin to pray, to begin to fast, to jump in our word, and to begin to see God do something in our lives in 2021. Because how many know we need 2021 to be different than 2020? <laughs> I'm going to get a big amen, all right? And if that's going to be different, here's the posture that I really want us to, to grab. If 2021, a new year, is going to be different, I want you to refuse to carry yesterday's sorrow and tomorrow's worry. I really want you to begin to say, God, I refuse as I come into a new year, I refuse to carry yesterday's sorrows. I'm not gonna carry yesterday's disappointments, yesterday's devastations, yesterday's frustrations. Yesterday is exactly that, yesterday. And I want you to begin also to refuse to carry tomorrow's worry. I know there's a lot of uncertainty. I know you may think, I don't know what the future holds, but guess what, I know who holds the future. I want you to begin to refuse to say, I'm not going to every day, you know, be in worry, but what if this, and what if that, and what if this? Listen, God is in control. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray, or you shouldn't be concerned, or you shouldn't carry some of this burden, but what I am saying is, we're not going to worry. Worry is like a rocking chair. A lot of movement takes you nowhere. So, we're going to live in today's opportunity, because God is writing a powerful story with your life. Now, let me preach to you for a second. I, got, I want to stir you up your heart. God is writing a powerful story with your life. Do not base the next chapter on the last chapter. By, the Bible says that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. Tell the person next to you, say, trust the author. Tell the person next to you, say, trust the author. Come on, say, trust the author. Come on, Costa Mesa. Tell somebody, say, trust the author. You're online. Just, just type it in there. Trust the author. God is the author. No, nobody else is the author. The author is Jesus. And the Bible says he's the finisher of our faith. So if you're still alive, God's not finished. And he's, I believe it's going to be a great, well, I read the end of the Bible. We win. Book of Revelation. Right? There's power in the name of Jesus. So what we need to do in this season, watch me now, is we need to carry a very sensitive and a very close pulse on the Holy Spirit. And if there's something you want to pray for right now is, God, give me a fresh sensitivity to your Holy Spirit. Like, I want to know what's on, what you're doing, Holy Spirit. I want to know, Holy Spirit, what you're working on right now. I want to know what it is you're, you're doing. I want a fresh, to the right and to the left and straight, fresh Holy Spirit, speak to me in this season. Because it's only by the guiding of the Holy Spirit, listen to me fathers, listen to me men that are leading your homes. The only way you're going to navigate your family through this season is by a fresh sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Come on somebody. Is Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Listen to me single mothers. The only way you're going to navigate right now is by a fresh sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. It's saying, God, God, my family, speak to me because God will lead us. Amen to that, okay? So as we do this, we need to recognize that our response, as I mentioned last week, is everything. How we respond needs to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I'm really asking that many of us awaken. 
I know a lot of people are talking about, you got to get woke. You got to get woke. You got to get woke. What's going on? Can I just say this? You got to get woke to the Holy Ghost. You got to get woke to the Bible. If you're going to get woke, get woke to what Jesus is doing. Say amen. You know, finally, they're being woke. Okay. What good is it for you to get woke if you're still asleep to the Holy Spirit? What good is it to be woke if you're still dormant spiritually? What good is it to my eyes are open, but you ain't praying? You know? What good is it to, oh, now I know what's going on, but you ain't quoting scripture. I'm telling you, you ain't going to change the world by your Facebook post, but you will change the world by putting Jesus in your prayer life. Come on, somebody. All right. Because right, you already posted that, and then you have to take it down and start arguing. Come on now. <laughs> I want to get woke to what God is doing. Now, why am I saying that? Because this is what Nehemiah did. Okay, this is, this is the, 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 just the, the, the crux, the, the meeting point of where Nehemiah is. Nehemiah gets woke, but he gets woke to what needs to be rebuilt, not so much woke to his opinion. He gets woke and says, you know what? I see the real issue. The real issue is that the city that bears God's name is in ruins. The people that bear God's name are hurting. And he gets woke and he recognizes that he got to do something about it. He got to begin to, to, to rebuild these walls. And, and what we find here is the Bible tells us that some friends, I preached it last week, but I'll just bring us all into context here. Some friends come to Nehemiah and he asked, he asked them, hey, how was the city? And they say, yo, Nehemiah, the city's broken down. The walls are burnt down. And Nehemiah gets sorrowful, but he decides, you know what? We've got to rebuild these broken down walls you know, for God's city. Now, I know when I say walls, some of you are like, okay, that's cool. Let me just kind of contextualize this because you may not think walls, but walls represented safety. Walls represented, you know, uh, uh, protection. It would kind of be like the walls in your house. So if you had no walls, you'd be worried someone's going to steal your TV or someone's going to come grab your orange juice or your avocados, you know, right, if you had no walls at night. So the walls represented safety for a city. Well, when these walls were burnt down, he, he, was, he was upset because he's like, we need to rebuild what the enemy has broken down. And I think in a lot of ways, just like society right now, there's a lot of broken down walls. There's a lot of broken down families. There's a lot of broken down, uh, you know, uh, mor uh, morals. There's a lot of broken down prayer lives. There's a lot of broken down unity. There's a lot of broken down testimonies. There's a lot of broken down prayer lives. You know, what we've been through in 2020, what we're going through through the first couple of weeks here in 2021, regardless of, of all this, okay, so I, don't make this political. I just want you to acknowledge that the enemy is at work. This is bigger than any one of our opinions. And we need to recognize that this is dividing people. It's causing people to want to choose a side. I don't don't choose a side. I choose Jesus. Talk to me, somebody. Say amen. And so these walls have been broken down, and we need to see these walls be healed. But if they're going to be healed, it takes somebody being willing to say, I will rebuild. I'll rebuild. Now, the Bible says in verse 1, let's walk through this, through the scripture. Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says here, let's read this together. It says that in the month, watch this now, in the month of Nisan. Thank you. Stay with me, team. It says in the month of Nisan, again, not the Ultima. He says in the month of Nisan, the 20th year of King Artaxerxes. Now, in the previous chapter, in chapter one, he said in the month of Kislev, he began to pray. Now it says in chapter two that he's in the month of Nisan, and now he's still serving and still praying. The month of Kislev would have been around April. The month of Nisan is about August. So that means he had been praying for this thing 
for four months. For four months, stay with me here, Nehemiah was praying about rebuilding what had been broken down. He was seeking God for four months, praying and fasting and, and asking God to move. Because there are sometimes, listen to me now, that you don't need to learn just to pray for a moment. There are times when you learn how to pray for a season. Okay, watch me now. Is, it's one thing to say, God, can you do this? And then, we get, and then we move on. But sometimes God will lead us to pray for a season. To pray for an extended time because some of the things we're believing God for are not small things. They're big things. Who's believing God for something big? Come on, talk to me. You believe in God for something big? Amen. Me too. Me too. And when it's something big, it's a big difference to pray a daily prayer than to pray for a season. Well, you pray on a Monday. You pray on a Tuesday. On Wednesday, it gets worse. <laughs> then you fast. And by Friday, demons are just going crazy. You're like, okay, what's going on, Lord? I feel like this prayer thing is not working. You know? Then you come on a Sunday, and you thought it was making progress. But then Monday, here we go again. The month of Kislev to the month of Nisan. It felt four months, Nehemiah was asking God, God, I want to rebuild. Now, what's so important about this is, is that I want you to notice here that Nehemiah never took action until God presented the opportunity. So Nehemiah, even though he knew what needed to be rebuilt, needed to be rebuilt, he didn't go grab a hammer and just run. He actually began to seek God for the blueprint and the, and, and the method in which to have it be rebuilt. What am I saying to you? It's as important that you pray for the blueprint than, the build, than, than just building. So many times people run to start trying to build something without asking God for the blueprint. Why are we going to fast for the next 21 days? Why are we going to pray? Because I believe God wants to download to you the blueprint and the opportunity and also open doors so that you can see things be rebuilt so that you don't build it the wrong way. They need to be teared down and be rebuilt again. And we need to seek God. That's why it's important that you pray for a season. Let me just kind of have some fun here. But it's important you pray for a season who you're going to build your life with, single people. Not just, Lord, is this the one? Okay, I heard yes. Let's go. <laughs> Pray for a season. Someone shout, pray for a season. That's why it's important that you pray for a season about certain partnerships and business. You pray for a season about certain decisions, about where to move. Now, you know what? That's it. I'm out of here. Then you're like, what am I doing over here? That's why you pray for a season about, you know, that's it. I'm just going to move to Idaho, which if you're going to go, go ahead. And then you're like, you know what? I want to go back home. Come on, somebody. You know, it's, it's, you got to learn to pray for a season about what decisions you're going to make. And I always say, don't just make a decision based upon a single moment because moments come and go. You got to understand where God is calling you in this next season. Say amen. So, so I want us to pray for this season, 21 days. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God and say, Lord, what would you have for us in this new year? Because I don't just want to run and rush into something. I want to hear you in my life guide me so that I can go forward 
to where you're calling me to go. Now, let's, let's read on here. Please leave the verse up there if you can. Me. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1, he says, he says, so the king, uh, so the king, yeah, no, I said, had not been, now right here it says, I took the wine gate before the king, he says, for I had not been sad in his presence before. So here, watch this now. He says, hadn't been sad in his presence before. What this means is, Nehemiah, even though he was burdened for four months, for four months he had learned to control his emotions. This time it broke him. But he says, I've never been sad before the king before, but this day I was sad. But for four months, Nehemiah learned to control his emotions. Can I just say this? If there was ever a time we need to learn to control our emotions, it's right now. There's a lot of emotion going on right now. But for four months, from Kislev to Nisan or April to August, he says, I've learned, he says, I've never been sad in his presence before. In other words, he learned how to control his emotions. Too many people are making decisions on emotions. I always say this, emotions are great companions. They're terrible leaders. Never make a permanent decision on temporary emotion. We have to recognize that right now emotions are high. Maybe for you emotions are high. But we got to control our emotions and say, God, I'm going to pray for the season. But this day he got a little sad and the king asked him and he says, yo, what's going on? Why are you so sad? And he begins to tell him as I read to you. And he says, you know, because of God's people are hurting and things like that. But he responds and he asked the king, go, go so the king asked me, why you look face look sad? And he said in verse 3, he says, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? This statement, and let me just develop here, is bold because the king, this was no time for him to ask a king to do this. He was the cupbearer. So he took a step of faith to ask the king to give him permission to go rebuild the walls. This was a step of faith. Now, some of you might remember the story in Esther when Queen Esther came before King Xerxes and asked a very similar thing about you know, healing God's people. But King Antaxerxes was the son of King Xerxes. So I believe Nehemiah was remembering, you know what, this moment happened before. And Queen Esther, she stood up and asked King Xerxes to save God's people. He remembered, you know what, I'm going to stand up even if it may cost me my life. Even if it may cost me some sacrifice. I am going to stand up and I'm going to ask boldly for something big to be restored. And what I'm trying to say to you is your legacy of what, how we respond in this moment is going to teach our children and future generations about how they should respond. If I respond in frustration or I respond in, you know, uh, th th everything's messed up, or if I respond in prayer, it's going to be the difference. So point number one, write this down. I got one point, but a lot of scripture is this. You don't have to understand fully to obey God immediately. You don't have to understand fully. You know, right now, a lot of people are like, well, I don't understand what's going on, or I don't know what's, what's, what's happening. What? You don't have to understand fully to obey God immediately. In this season, we've got to obey God. We've got to say, God, I, I'm not trying to understand the reason for everything. I'm going to obey you immediately. You see, many people say they love God, but listen to me. Do you trust God? That's a big difference. I love you, God, but I don't know if I could trust you in this season, you know. Trust and love are two totally different things, you know? You know I love my, 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 my son Judah, but I don't trust him with my car keys. How many of those two different things? Okay. 
I love my daughter, but my daughter Faith, but I don't trust her with my credit card at the mall right now. She'll be buying all them apps and the games, you know. I need more Robux. What is Robux? Anyway, it's like, that's not even real. Anyway, you know, apps, they want to download all this, like, anyhow. So it's like, I don't trust my credit card. Love and trust are two totally different things. And many people are like, God, I love you. I don't know if I could trust you, though. Like, I don't know. But in the season, we just say, God, prayer and fasting is saying, God, I trust that your power is greater than any other power. In this season, God, I trust that your ability is greater than anything else. I trust you, oh God. I'm going to obey you fully even when I don't even understand it all. Can I get an amen? You see, God never told us that we would fully understand. But God did tell us to fully obey him. And God did tell us to fully trust him. I know you're going to say amen, so I'll say amen. Amen, pastor, good preaching. And we're like, no, God, tell me. I need to know the reason so I can go forward. You may never know the reason why everything's happening in our world until we get to heaven. But that doesn't predicate my obedience to God. I need to be obedient to God regardless if I understand or don't understand. No matter if I, I'm not trying to download the understanding plan. I got to download the rebuilding plan and where God wants me to go. Say amen. amen. So, so watch this. Let me walk through the scripture because I'm, I'm getting to where I want to get. We're, 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 uh, scripture by scripture, precept upon precept, verse by verse. Let's break this down. In verse 4, the king then said to me, watch what he says. Because he said, give me permission to go rebuild. The king then said to me, watch these words. What is it you want the king literally gives him a blank check what do you want what do you want what is it you want what 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 do you want he basically says ask anything what do you want let me ask you a question what do you want from god this year what what do you want from god what do you want from god what is it if God told you, hey, in 2020, you can have anything, what would change in 2021? What would change? If God said, you can have anything you want. It's be like, sweet, I'll finally get that Tesla I wanted. <laughs> sweet, I'll finally have a... If God answered, let me tell you, I'll say it to you what, what man of God once told me. If God answered every one of your prayers, what would change? What would change? Tomorrow, would you have a bigger house, bigger bank account? Gucci belt you always wanted? I don't know. Chanel, Chanel, channel, channel, channel purse or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> what would you have? What would change if God answered every one of your prayers? If the only thing that would change is your world... And we wonder why things aren't rebuilt. We wonder why God ain't answering those prayers. Nehemiah was like, you ask me whatever I want, I got some ideas. But he prayed. It's still, this is like, this is, Father in heaven, help me. This is a quick prayer. I just want to, to all you that have a big interview, remember this type of prayer. Father in heaven, help me. All right, here's what I want. You know what I'm saying? This is the best prayer. You know, Lord Jesus, be with me. You'll see it though. Come on. All right. <laughs> Like, here we go. This is the moment, right? And then he prayed. And he answered. Watch this now. Oh, God, here it comes. I feel the power of God. And I answered the king. If it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in his sight, 
He says, let him send me. Send who? Send Pastor Josiah. Let him send Pastor Louie. Let him send Pastor Brian. Let him send Pastor Tommy. Let him send my crazy cousin because he needs to do something. He's not doing nothing right now. Let him send my neighbor. Let him send my tia. Let him send that prayer warrior. I love Nehemiah because he says, you know what? I recognize that something needs to be rebuilt and I'm going to take responsibility for my part in my prayer life and my family and my prayer and my reading and my emotion. He says, let the king send me. Nobody else can fight this fight. I got to fight this fight. He says, let him send me. He says, let him send me to the city of Judah where my answer are buried. I like this. I love this last sentence. He says, so that I can what? Rebuild it. I just wonder this morning if there's anybody that says, God, send me. I want to rebuild what the enemy has torn down. I want to rebuild what the enemy has started to break down. I want to see things get rebuilt. You see, this fast is about responding and saying, God, send me. This year is about people who are willing to say, God, send me. This moment that we're in is about people who are willing to take a step of faith and say, God, I'm not going to think it's someone else's problem. I may not be able to change the world, but I can change my world. And let me just say it to you strong like this. Don't worry about who's in the White House. Worry about your house. I feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, but then uh, worry about your house and then we'll worry about that house because that house ain't going to change your house until you change your house in your mind. Can I get an amen? Now, of course, pray for the White House. I'll pray for all that stuff, okay? But you're too caught up on what's on the TV and you're missing what's happening in your living room. You're so in tune with what's happening on your, your Facebook feed and not what you're feeding on your dinner table. And we ain't going to rebuild the generation until homes. We say, I'm going to rebuild in my home. We're going to rebuild the spiritual fervor. We're going to rebuild. We're going to restore. And we're going to revive. Come on, somebody. Shout amen. He says, I'm going to build it. Now, I love this because Nehemiah was like, send me. Let's go. Let's keep reading. I don't got so much time. Lord Jesus, help me. Verse 5. He says, so I answered the king. If it pleased the king, say your servant. I found he says to rebuild it. In other words, God used me. Someone say, God used me. Say it again. Say, God, use me. Turn to your neighbor and say, God, use them. More than, just kidding. <laughs> just as much as me, okay? More than me. No, just kidding. Just as much as me. So he says, help me, Lord. Now watch verse 6. He says, the king, uh, swinging beside the queen, said, how long will this journey take me back? He said, please send me some time. Let's move on to verse 7. I've got no time for that. He says, and also said to him, if it please the king, watch this now. Now Nehemiah gets bold. This, this is where I want. I want you, don't miss this. This is where I want you to be during this fasting and during this praying. I want you to get some bold prayers. Don't be bringing no little prayers. I want you to bring some bold prayers, okay? Like, I know you don't know if they're going to, but if you're going to pray, might as well pray big. Lord, just I pray that, you know, come on, give us two, you know, just if you can, kind of a little bit, you know, just, just at least a little bit, Lord. I mean, it's been a hard year, just a little bit. No, I'm going to ask big, I'm going to ask bold, and I'm going to see, we need bold prayers right now. So he says, he said, if it pleases the king, send me. Then he says, and I also said to him, now the Holy Ghost hit him. He said, if it pleases the king, he says, may I also have letters 
to the governor in the trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. Next verse. Then he says, and may I also have a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the royal park or the woods, that I could also give me timber to make the beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence. I'm, matter of fact, I'm going to throw this. I need a new house, Lord, that I'm going to occupy. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He says, and because the great hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. God was like, you know what? You you got so much faith, you got so much stamina, you got so much fasting, I'm going to give you what you desired. He says, go ahead. Now, I want you to pray big prayers. I want you to pray God's protection and God's provision in 2021 so that we can rebuild. God, protect my family. Give me a letter. So wherever I go, I got angels around my kids, angels around my family, angels around my church. God, write a letter. So wherever I go, no matter what happens in this country, I got angels protection. I'm going to fast for protection. And a matter of fact, God, I'm going to fast for provision. Give me another letter that you would send the wood. You would send the finances. You would send the opportunities. You would send the open door. That God, it would be blessed. And if it ain't too much, bless me with a new house. Bless me with a new Ah, Somebody give God some praise in this place. I'm a little fired up. Because the king's like, you know what? There you go. He granted him the request. Write this down. Protection and provision. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Protection and provision. Say it with me. Say protection and provision. Come on, Ghost of Mesa. Say it. Protection and provision. He said, give me a letter. And what they would do in those days is the king, he'd have a seal, and he would seal the letter. And wherever he carried that, he says, I got a letter from the king. Some of you are thinking, well, I wish I had a letter from the king. Bible's falling apart, my kids. You had your Bible, Dad. I, nobody bought one for Christmas. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not bitter. I just got to buy my own on Amazon. It's okay. Write my own name on it. <laughs> you know? Here's your letter from the king. Sealed. Not with a human hand. But sealed. With the blood of Jesus. Someone say, I got my letter. Grab your Bible right now. Just grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. If it's on your phone, grab your phone. I'll pray for your phone. Your phone needs prayer. Matter of fact, your phone needs... Some of y'all, I'm going to baptize you with your phone next time. Just both of you. Matter of fact, put your phone out and put oil on that too. Come on, somebody. <laughs> come at you with a greasy phone. Amen. Grab your, grab your letter. Say, I got the king's letter. Say it again. I got the king's letter. Say it again. I got the king's letter. This year, 2021, January, I got the king's letter. He granted my request, protection. I'm going to walk. I got the king's letter. He granted me my provision, Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. You're going to walk into March and that I got the king's letter. You want to know why all of this was open? Because Nehemiah prayed and fasted. 
from Kislev in his Nissan all the way to Nissan Altima. Bam. <laughs> four months. Now, we're not doing a four-month fast. Calm down, Chile. Okay? I mean, you do what you want, God calls you. But you're going to be praying and seeking God for more than just this Sunday. You want to see God do big things? You can't expect million-dollar miracles with a 10-cent prayer. I want a million. I want a big miracle. Now I'm not talking about money, okay? It's just an analogy. But if you want to believe God for that too, go ahead. Hey, according to your faith, let it be so. Tithe first, of course. You know what I mean? Lord, bless me with finances. You don't even tithe. Come on, somebody. Why would God bless you if everything is for you? Why would God open? Why? Then he'd be trying. God cannot bless selfishness. We're not receiving an offer right now. Chill out, okay? Why is he saying that? No, you pray. God, you want to open doors? You want to see God bless your finances? You want to see God open? You put him first. And watch it. God's true to his word. Someone say, I got a letter from the king. A letter from the king. So he gives them the letter. Oh, it gets gooder and gooder, but I got to go. I got to pray for people. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. What, what verse am I on? What verse am I on? 10, 9, nine. So I went to the governor, transfer phrase. Yeah, I'm on verse 10. Let's jump to verse uh, 10. Yeah, let's go to 10. Then Sanbalat. Ooh, I can't wait to talk about Sanbalat. The devil is a liar. Sanbalat. Wait till we get to Sanbalat. Sanbalat. The Horonite, the Tobiah, the Ammonite, um, the official heard about this. They were very much disturbed, and someone came to promote the world. So basically, Nehemiah gets a letter from the king, and then here come the haters. Here comes Sanballat and Tobiah. They're like, who do you think you are with your king's letter? You're on a fast? <laughs> do you want some donuts? <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. You're going to go to work on Monday. Free donuts for the whole office. Really? The day I'm fa- We're going to have steak today. Come on, somebody. It's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. It always happens, huh? Every time. I'm on a fast, Lord. No more sweets. Someone's going to bring you a big old cake, their favorite one. Okay. As soon as Nehemiah was like, I'm on a mission from God, here come the haters. But you need to understand, opposition is confirmation. Someone's going to get it. The opposition that you get is confirmation. You're headed in the right direction. Don't get mad at the opposition. Just recognize, okay, devil, I see you and you see me. Okay, okay, the, uh, the fight that you're, 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 you're going to have, you're just going to say, okay, devil, I see you. I see you're one and I raise you two. Oh, you're going to come at me like that? Okay, I'm going to come at you like this. And I want you this year, when you see the opposition during your fast, I don't want you to give up. I want you to pin your shoulders back. I want you to put your feet in the ground. And I want you to fast and pray even harder. Come on, somebody. Okay. We'll talk about Sanbalat later. Sanbalat sounds like Satan. Oh, man. So, verse 13. Okay, I got I to I finish here. By night, I went through the valley. It says, by night. Oh, this is good. I went through the valley gate toward Jackal Wall and the Dung Gate. That's a terrible gate. It says, examining. What was he doing? The walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and the gates, which had been destroyed. So, Nehemiah goes down, and he examines what's broken. During this fast, I want you to examine what has been broken in your life. It's not just, fix it all, Lord. Don't do no blanket prayer. Don't work in personal prayer. I want you to get specific. Because Nehemiah went like this. Okay, let's check this wall out. Okay. 
All right. Okay. Let me examine. Oh, that. Ooh. Okay. Right here. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Let's write that one down. I want you to examine what needs rebuilding in your life. Because, see, we're good at turning a blind eye sometimes. Like, oh, no, it's okay. Right? So when you ask, hey, how are you doing? Fantastic. It's great. Now you can tell me that, but you ain't going to fake God out. In your fasting, examine say, God, this is the area right here that, that I, need to be re- I need to rebuild. It's going to be different for everybody. But I talked about last week, there cannot be a revival without repentance. You got to say, where is it that you go, this right here, Lord, I want you to begin to heal in my life. Say amen. We need revival, but it cannot happen without there. Verse 17. When then I said to him, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and the gates have been burned with fire. He wrote this, come. Then I love how he writes this. Someone say, let us. Say it again. Say, let us. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I know that some of us, things that have been broken down, you feel ashamed and maybe hurt, but just rebuilt it. In fact, I'm inviting, let us rebuild. Let us rebuild. Let us rebuild so that, God, we can see it be healed. Verse 18, I love this last verse. says, and I also said to them, the gracious hand of my God on me. So what the king has said to me, they replied, let's start. Let's, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. I ask you the same thing Nehemiah said before the walls that were burned down got built up. Let us rebuild. Let us start. Let's get this party started. Let's chase every demon out of homes, of places in this generation. Come on, somebody. Let's bring unity and peace. Let's bring the power of the Holy Spirit. It's time. It's the year for the church to rise up. It's the year to see the gifts of miracles come. It's the year of the laying out on the sick and seeing the sick recover. It is the year of seeing supernatural provision. It's a year of miracles. Why? Because if we're going to rebuild, we're going to restore, and we're going to revive, it's going to take a miracle, but it's going to take people crying out to God. Anybody ready to rebuild? Shout, I'm ready to rebuild in Jesus' name. I want you to stand to your feet all across our campuses. Come on, Costa Mesa. Stand up if you can. Fullerton, online. Just bow your head if you can. Put your hands out. Father, I thank you for our church family. We're going to anoint as many people with oil as want to be anointed with oil. We're going to pray for you. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.